Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. We went with the short intro because we've got uh, a lot of ground to cover, or shall I say, uh, good day, comrades. Or should I say subjects? Because uh, there is no longer a mother or a father, or a daughter or a son. Uh, we are all subjects of uh, Nancy Pelosi and the nerd kings of uh, Silicon Valley. Either way, here we are. Uh, I must forewarn you, this is a recording. We are recording this on January the 7th, the year of our Lord, 2021. And if you thought this year was going to be better than the last, the first seven days, eh, don't seem to be on track for a better year, if you will. But who knows? Things may change in an instant. You may learn to love socialism. Uh, but look, you have to. Um, you have to smile through all of this. But the question does beg to be asked, where do we go from here as a nation? Uh, and the short answer is nowhere good. Yes, we will be getting to your questions today because we, we sort of punted on those last week. And hopefully uh, what I have to say as an intro won't be longer than 30-odd minutes or so. I'll try to speak fast, but not so fast that you don't understand what I'm saying. Uh, plus, I still have to gather my thoughts. Uh, it's, it's been an interesting ride, has it not, these last couple of days. Um, but today, uh, I, I want to discuss what we can look forward to in the coming months. Because these people didn't risk federal prison to rig an election just to make nice with you. These people didn't risk federal prison to rig an election just to go along to get along as the Republicans are fond of doing, uh, you know, except for the bad orange man who they will attempt to exile and ostracize and remove from public life. See, it's not enough for them to steal this. Uh, they, they have to hurt Donald Trump so bad that nobody ever again that is not from within the swamp, that is not a swamp creature, even contemplates public service, even contemplates the presidency. Uh, yes, I, I, I watched what went on yesterday, as I know that many of you did. Uh, something is very off. Something is very fishy, but it sure did put an end to the whole discussion on whether or not there was uh, fraud in the election, didn't it? Uh, a couple of bearded fellows and a guy in a buffalo skin, I guess, uh, was all it took for uh, even the staunchest of supporters of Donald Trump to say, nay, nay, this is too far. We cannot do this in all good conscience. And yes, I, I've gotten the emails from you. Can, you. can you believe how Lindsey Graham stabbed uh, Donald Trump in the back? Uh, 
Yes, yes, I, I, I can, actually. Because uh, Lindsay will align himself uh, with whomever he thinks has power or with whomever he thinks the power will rest. So by now, uh, good old Lindsay uh, has his tongue so far up Chuck Schumer's backside that if he flicks his tongue, he'll tickle Chuck's nose. Um, these, these are your elected officials. Stand up and cheer. But back to the question. Where do we go from here? Because, as I said, and look, it, it may be proven out eventually because there's plenty of evidence that they didn't want to come to light. So remember, uh, they, they, they started objecting and, and starting to present a little evidence, and all of a sudden, what ought to have been the most secure building in the United States next to the White House was overrun by what seemed to be homeless people and unwashed people. Guys, guys with, with donut flecks in their beard. And I don't know, but I, I know some of the people that were there yesterday to peacefully protest, and, and they're not the type to have uh, donut flecks in their beards, and they're not the type to wear buffalo skins on their head, and they're not the type to... Uh, you know, uh, have have sickle and hammer tattoos, but that's neither here nor there. What's done is done, is it not? And now we have a future to look forward to. Um, so what what will uh, this future look like? The first thing on the docket, bar none, has to be guns. You heard it here first but any rational human being would reach the same conclusion. In order for them to ram their agenda through, they have to have a disarmed citizenry. And I know what everyone's thinking. Oh, they'll never go that far. And if they try, we'll stop them. Walking around with a muzzle on your face, which has been proven has, has no positive effect except to mark you as someone who walks around with a muzzle on their face. You've given up liberties. People have lost livelihoods and businesses and everything else. And nobody say nothing. Well, there were a few, you know, upstarts here or there, but, but they were quickly put down because unless you're uh, looting and burning on behalf a, of a, you know, a, a former convict and drug addict, uh, well, then... Uh, we're going to throw the book at you. See, and that's what happens when you have a country with a two-tiered justice, justice system. Um, the disenfranchised side, the, this, this, what, 74, 80 million people that now feel that they have no voice, that they have no vote, that there's nothing they can do but, but wash this slow-motion train wreck taking place, um, they're going to get more and more bitter. And these people, because they risked everything to steal this election, 
will try to ram everything they possibly can through. Believe it or not, the people coming into office of these United States of America, the people coming into leadership, hate and detest this nation and its founding and the way it was founded. They want to transform it. Donald Trump was a four-year respite from the big plan. As uh, Bayrak Hussein Obama once said, to, to fundamentally transform this nation. And they couldn't wait another four years because, you know, Hillary's already wearing adult diapers and Barack's not getting any younger. So they had to make their move. They did. And uh, our, our elected officials, spineless weasels as they are, uh, nobody pushed back. The only guy to push back was Donald Trump, and now they are going to tar and feather him for it. The only reason they didn't do it sooner is because, um, well, uh, the, the presidency was still in limbo. So, like I said, the first thing they're going to go for, and it's going to be a hard push, and you're going to have a – because this is the only thing they can use. It's not reason. It's not the Constitution. It's not logic. They're going to have a bunch of weepy willows up there about how they're, they're, they're very good and noble baby got gunned down in the middle of the street, and he didn't do nothing. You're going to have these people over and over again, and they're going to pull on heartstrings. And right now, if any Republican in office is halfway smart, they realize there's never going to be another Republican president in this country. They realize that this was it. This was the gambit. They're going to get in line. They will betray you. They will sign anything that's put in front of them because they like the cush life. They like living in the swamp. It's a little humid, but the perks are great. So the only question here that's a real import is how long will it be before the normies, the, the average folks, start pushing back? Because right now, there, there's no concerted effort because they haven't instigated any of their policies. Look, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it for you. It's going to get real bad in this country real quick. Because you, you, you can't base your entire policy on a John Lennon song. It doesn't work. Imagine there's no borders, there's no people, there's no jobs. Imagine everything is free and unicorns fly on rainbows and poop out $100 bills. Just imagine. That's not the way it works. So it's going to, oh, it's going to go sideways quick. And look, back, back in the olden days, during the time of catapults and javelins and crossbows and broadswords, uh, one, one army would lay siege to the castle or battlements of another. And sometimes this dragged on for so long that those within the castle ran out of food, they ran out of water. 
then they either gave up or by the time they put up a fight, they were so decimated and weak, they couldn't mount a defense at all. So it's no longer an issue of if, it's an issue of when, how long. What is the time frame before the average citizen realizes what's in store for them? How long will it be before the average citizen concludes that he has lost one too many freedoms? What's the straw that will break the camel's back? And will it be sooner rather than later? These are, these are all good questions. And these are all questions that we're going to swing back to in due time, but First, I, I just I, I want to just lay out a few thoughts because uh, I've had some time to ruminate, and um, I'm just going to lay it out because I, I yes I've gotten all your emails all right let's let's start there because my inbox has been going bonkers with people asking what they should do about all the prophets that prophesied a Trump win that by all accounts has not materialized. Uh, if you've been living under a rock and this is your first outing, uh, Congress has certified the electoral votes. Uh, the big guy himself, Mr. Joe Robinette Biden, is officially president-elect. So that's where we are right now. And I've been getting bombarded. I've been getting flooded. What do we do? How do we react? Well, let me take a sip of my delicious beverage, and um, I'll give you my two cents, perhaps my two pence. I don't know, maybe two pesos, because, uh, hey, why not move to Mexico or Ecuador or somewhere? At least you know what you're getting. Huh. So, one second, por favor. See, I'm already practicing my Spanish. What to do? What to do? of all uh, the prophesying prophets. Um, I, I've, I've always been up front with you. Uh, of all the people that claim to be prophets, there are very few whom I believe to be prophets. Uh, oddly enough, the people that I believe to be prophets never claimed the mantle or the title of prophet. Uh, David Wilkerson uh, is, is a man who comes to mind, uh, one who was gifted in the prophetic. Uh, my, my own grandfather, I know, is, oh, there he's, well, eh, kind of coming to pass. Kind of seeing it in real time, kid. So, you know, but these men never, never claimed, I am prophet, wife. Make me an omelet and call me prophet. No, it doesn't. No, these, these, these men were humble servants. Henry Gruber is another man whom, whom I've met and um, I believe to be a man of God. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to go through the list. <gasps> Who else? Who else? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. Guess what? All the three guys I named are dead. They're already gone. They received their reward and you can't worship them because the American church has 
a real big problem when it comes to putting people on pedestals. We talked about it last week. I am not going to get into it again because there's, there, there are thoughts I want to share with you. And, and I know that Gino is foregoing lunch for a 30-minute, 40-minute time just so he can ask the questions. This is how important these questions are to him. When I walked into the office today, the first thing he had, he didn't say, hi, Mike, how are you? Why are you limping? No, you're going to answer some questions today. I'm going to try. But hopefully uh, a lot of the questions that he has uh, on deck are going to be answered by the time I'm done with um, everything that's going through my mind. If not, yes, we, we will try to answer as many questions. But guess what? Next week shall be another program. And so we shall have another season where we can answer questions. Uh, you know, eventually they might boot us off YouTube or whatever, because uh, the silencing has begun. Uh, right now, the nerd kings of uh, Silicon Valley know that there will be no uh, consequence to their actions, so why not go big? No, I'm not one of the big guys, but yeah, I, I may get uh, you know, swept up in the melee or as uh, you know, certain elected officials who seem to not have passed second grade, would say, I, I might get caught up in the melees. Anyway, uh, let's, let's, let's go back to what I was thinking. Uh, okay, uh, the guys, the people, because the, the, maybe, maybe 15 emails, Brother Mike, how should we act? What should we do? Should we call them out? Should we crucify them? Should we uh, bathe them in tar and throw feathers upon them? Tell us what to do. Well since I'm not your pastor or your elder or your spiritual mentor, uh, it's not up to me to tell you what to do regarding those who prophesied something that did not materialize. The Bible, however, is pretty clear on the subject, so there's that. There is, however, one caveat that I would like to put out there. Treat them, meaning the people who said the Lord doth showed them that Trump would win the election again, treat them in like manner you treated all the so-called prophets who prophesied that Trump was the Antichrist, that he would start World War III, that he was colluding with the Russians, that he'd be frog-marched out of the Oval Office, and all the other things that have been and yes, I'm doing the air quotes, even though you can't see them, prophesied over the last four years. So if you're harsh on the one, you have to be harsh on the other. Just saying. There are enough double standards to go around. At least as believers, we can be intellectually honest. So if you gave all the people that said he was going to start World War III and he was the Antichrist a pass, I don't know what to tell you. Use your wisdom, use your judgment, or however. Since we're down this particular rabbit trail, there is something else I would like to make perfectly and painfully clear. And that is the John Pipers, the Beth Moores of... I 
what I loosely call Christendom have from this point forward and forevermore forfeited the right to cry foul to object to the persecution that will be unleashed upon the church or to somehow obfuscate their role in this flaming dumpster fire of a future. Because it's coming. If you thought Donald Trump was a tyrant, you haven't seen tyranny. Understand this and get comfortable with the idea. But from this moment forward, nay, nay, Beth Moore, and nay, nay, John Piper, you don't get to moan. Oh, look at them. They are persecuting us. Nope. And abetted the enemy. You facilitated the persecution of the righteous. So remember them. Remember their names and remember their faces, along with all the mealy-mouthed politicians pretending to be on the side of the people. Every time you have to tell your children or your grandchildren a story that begins with, there once was a nation known as America, the land of the free, and the home of the brave. Every time you will refer to this nation in the past tense as having been the land of freedom, remember the names and remember the faces. Everyone who facilitated what you will have to live out in the next few years. Because this is the hard truth. And I wish I didn't have to say it. But time will bear me out. No, we will not get them in two years. No, we will not get them in four years. They will not give up the power they've worked so hard to achieve. And the propagandists in the media are more than happy to carry their water. It has always been said by men far wiser than I that if America falls, it will be from within. As they say in California, benvenidos, here we are. I'm not being a fatalist, far from it. I'm, I'm being a realist. Because somebody has to be. Because it's amazing how quickly all, all, all the so-called, and again, yes, I'm doing the air quotes, prophets, went from prophesying good things to putting up my God is still on the throne memes. Yeah, he is. But God works through human agency. So there's that. I'm being a realist. It is what it is. And all you can really do 
is steal yourself for what is coming because people who've lived it know exactly what's in store. Why do you think all the Cubans in Florida and all the Romanians and all the Russians and, and, and all the people that live this, this grand idea of socialism that they fled and risked their lives to flee were so bent on not seeing uh, Harris and uh, Mr. Robinette Biden ascend to power. As far as Georgia's concerned, I think we talked about it last week. Look, if, if, if you can steal a mountain in broad daylight and there's no repercussion and there's no consequence and you have absolutely no moral compass, why wouldn't you steal a pebble if it ensured you had supremacy? Just a thought. So, if you want to know, if you really want to know what the future holds, have a talk with someone that escaped communism. Because that will open your eyes mighty quick. And look, it's, it's, it's a given. I'm sorry to say it. I've got kids. I'll do my best to protect them, and God will have to do the rest. But eventually it will come to revolution. And it will not be bloodless, and it will not be orderly or whatever pipe dream some people might have. Because these people are chomping at the bit to destroy this nation. And now that they control the House, the Senate, and the presidency, they're not going to waste any time. Now, while we're discussing random things, and, and, and with this I'm going to end, and, and let Gino do what he's been aching to do for two weeks. Uh, I, I, I received this doozy after last, last week's program. Uh, and so I wanted to address it because apparently it's somebody that has my personal email. So I don't know how they got it. Maybe somebody gave it to them. But this is... Uh, this is the email in its entirety. I used to respect you in, in, until you started talking about pagan religions like Stoicism. Uh, many are called, but few are chosen. Exclamation point. And that's it. Huh. Okay, first off, Stoicism is not a religion. It is a philosophy. Yes, there is a difference between theology and philosophy. But apparently Truth Sword 11 didn't bother to check into that. Now, if you're not sitting down, you should. And might I suggest even clutching your pearls if you have them. But I believe that Paul the Apostle, given his pedigree, given his education, given the time that he lived in, was very likely one of the first Christian Stoics. Remember that, that, that verse in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 9, 
but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Another translation has it as, I treat my body harshly. I do not seek after the comfort. I reject it. Get some tough skin, why don't you? Is what Paul says. I know, I know. Fluffy clouds, fluffy pillows, fluffy Christians, my oh my. Well, now we see what fluff gets you, huh? What, what's that scripture that people who, who, who love their sin more than they love God like to throw out? Like, like beads at Mardi Gras? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Uh, that is true. It's in the book. It's in the Bible. But why is it that these people leave out the last part of the verse? Because they always do, don't they? Because the last part of the verse, if I remember correctly, it says, who walk not after flesh, but after the Spirit. So there is no condemnation to those who are walking in Christ who are not walking after the flesh, who are not seeking their own pleasure, who are not seeking to fulfill the lusts and desires of the flesh, who are not even seeking their own comfort and comfortable life. Oh, my, yeah, Paul wrote that. And then in, in the same book, I believe, actually, I think it's Roman. He starts going on about glorying in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and that perseverance produces character and character produces hope. So, uh, yeah, we're not, it's, not, it's not a pagan religion. It's a philosophy which... If you had to gun to my head, yes or no, yes, I, I, I think Paul applied in his daily life. Because, uh, dear children, if you hope to make it through what's coming down the pipe, you don't get some tough skin. You don't have to have it. It's not going to be a choice. And all the fluff from fluffy clouds to fluffy pillows to fluffy Christians uh, will have a very rude and very abrupt awakening because uh, things are about to shift and not in a good way. There you go, Gino. I did it. I, I, I spoke quickly, succinctly, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, well enough where people understood what I said. Go on with your bad self and give me your first question, Gene Bean. Well, I, I do want to say I agree 100%. I love the program, and I would miss lunch any day to be part of it. So, But uh, I I got a question here, and, and I know you talked about this vaccine thing last week, but it's a question. What is your take on the notion the COVID-19 vaccine is the mark of the beast or a precursor to, precursor to it? My discernment tells me that it will be undeniably obvious when it comes time for that part of revelation to be fulfilled. That is the question. 
one of them. And your discernment is correct, whomever that's from. Look, it's, I, I've talked about this. I don't know if it was in a sermon or on the program, but if you go back, I'm sure that you'll find it either way. When it comes to the mark of the beast, it can't be, ha ha, I tricked you. It has to be willful knowledge that what you are doing is separating you from God. It's not, look, I, I wouldn't take the vaccine for other reasons than that it's the mark of the beast. But uh, when it comes to the mark of the beast, you'll know what it is. And it'll be so widespread. I, I Look, I, I think it could be a trial run to see how supplicant people are, how obedient people are. Uh, I, I think that with the vaccine, they're going to try to restrict travel if you don't have it. Uh, because right now, uh, you've got places that will deliver to your home if you have the cash or the credit card. Uh, I, 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 I don't think they can do exactly what the book describes as not being able to buy or sell because of the vaccine. So I think when that system comes online, whenever it is, A, you will know what it is. It, it will be undeniable. There, there's, it's not going to be, ooh, I got you, because you could claim ignorance. And there's, there's, too many, there's too many gray areas in this thing for it to, biblically speaking, the Bible says that, it will be a mark on the hand or on the forehead. And you will know exactly what it's intended and meant for. And people will relinquish God for fluffy pillows and fluffy clouds. So I hope I've answered that. But your discernment is correct. This is, no, it's not the mark of the beast. Now, five years down the road, uh, if Bell's palsy is the immediate uh, negative reaction to it, I, I, what else is there? Look, I, this thing was rushed through. I don't care who rushed it through, whether it was Donald Trump or, you know, Mahatma Gandhi. It's still rushed through. And every drug has a side effect. Aspirin has side effects. I'm allergic to aspirin. If I take an aspirin, my face puffs up. So if something that is sold over the counter that is sold everywhere from Wyoming to Florida, whether it's 110 degrees in humidity or minus 10 degrees in, in, in the middle of winter, if something like that has side effects, and, and you can read the bottle, there's more than one, what kind of side effects do you think comes from something that has to be at a certain temperature that, you know, you, you have to stir it, not shake it, you must take it in a thimble, and it must be injected intramuscularly, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'll, I'll wait a few, I want to see if people start growing, you know, a tail or third eyes. Or if, perchance, uh, 
and again, this is another rabbit trail. I don't want to go down it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist per se. However, if Bill Gates' wet dream, since he was a teeny tiny young man, was population control, uh, what better way than to facilitate a vaccine that made, oh, I don't know, 50% of the people that took it sterile on both sides. I, I don't know. It's just a thought. You know, I have thoughts. Uh, but it's a rational thought, and it's a reasonable thought. And guess what? Last time I checked, there was no DR before Bill Gates' name. He's a nerd who invented Microsoft Windows. However, apparently he likes playing doctor on the side, and population control is his uh, cup of tea, as the kids like to say. Anyway, next question, Gene Bing. That's a great answer. Um, what Now that, uh, of course, yesterday was, uh, uh, everyone pretty much knows, even around the world, what happened at the Capitol. Um, your grandfather predicted a civil war starting in the internal part or middle part of the country, but you made a comment today, you know, and I and of course we have believed that in our ministry, revolution is coming. What will precede this revolt in your heart? Do you believe that that you know that's in line with your grandfather's prophecy? What precedes every revolution? What precedes every revolt? Uh, we're we're already seeing the delineation. We're already seeing the demarcation between the oligarchy class, and uh, the serfs, the servant class. Uh, and, and, and this is why people who pretended at being of the people suddenly switched because they saw it coming and they want to be on the oligarch side. They want to be the ruling class. And uh, the one impediment, whether you go back to, to, to ancient Rome and the, the uprising of the gladiators, uh, was the fact that they had weapons. The one impediment to complete rule of the oligarchy over the servant class, and believe you me, that's what you're going to be. Unless you're a nerd king, unless uh, you, you, you're, you're that... that drugged up looking fellow at Twitter or unless you're the robot looking guy at Facebook or unless uh, you're Alessandria Ocasio-Cortez a representative of the peoples they're going to be in the servant class if you make a little extra money they're going to tax you into poverty they're going to throw open the borders you're going to have eh, 20-30 million-ish people coming into the country going arriba arriba donde esta my welfare check uh, and it's going to go sideways very quickly. And the only thing that they know is an impediment to continued control, to continued power, is the fact that you little people, you serfs, you plebs, somehow managed to squirrel away enough cash to go down to the Walmart smelling like sweat and buying yourself a shotgun or another kind of weapon. They look, they look down on you. They have disdain for you. 
And the fact that you're armed is driving them crazy. So I think when they push for gun confiscation or gun control, whatever you want to call it, uh, there will be something that will, that will snap. There will be something that will break the camel's back, as it were, because there always is in every society. And it could be something innocuous. Uh, a lady that was a 14-year Air Force veteran got shot to death yesterday. Uh, and and I should she have been there? I don't know. It's the people's house. There's an argument to be made. But right now, there's a big push to criminalize every single person that was at that peaceful protest. There's a big push, and I guarantee you it's going to get woven into, we can't trust these people with guns. They almost took over Congress. They almost made Nancy Pelosi wet her diaper. How can we trust these people with firearms? So it'll get woven in. Look, if you don't understand that the most extreme anti-American administration is about to take power in this country, then you've been listening to Beth Moore a little too much. I don't know what to tell you. Next question, Gene Bing. Why do you consider Joel Osteen a bad pastor? Believe it or not, we've got that on our YouTube channel. Someone asked that. Uh, look, simple answer, short answer, he doesn't preach repentance. That, that to me, any pastor, it doesn't matter who it is, that's, that's, that's always been uh, a, a warning. Because repentance is the cornerstone of a relationship with God. Repentance is the cornerstone of, of salvation. Because after repentance is had, one can delve into a life of holiness. One can delve into a life of relationship with Christ. But without repentance, relationship with Christ is, is not possible. So the fact that he does not consistently preach repentance, I, I've never heard him preach repentance. Look, let me put it another way. The good time theology that Joel Osteen espouses will soon be a worthless thing because we're at a good times. They done come to an end. And if all you've ever preached was a good time gospel, if all you ever preached was prosperity, if all you've ever preached was the sun shall shine upon thine face and you shall have straight teeth in a McMansion, when persecution comes, all these people that believe that they were supposed to prosper and have good things for the last three decades... Uh, are, are, are going to be in the balance. They're going to be at a crossroads. They're not going to know what to do. And some of them will lose their faith because what was promised them is not materializing. Because what was promised them was extra-biblical. It was not from the scriptures. So, again, 
I, I don't know. Joe Osteen might be a nice guy. I would love to take a ride in his $500,000 car. Seems like a nice whip. <laughs> However, he's raised an entire generation of soft Christians, of spineless Christians, of Christians whose expectation on this earth is excess rather than persecution. And we're about to see uh, the script done flip. And uh, I, I, I don't know how big Joel's church is going to be in two years because um, they're coming for you. If you're a Christian, if you're a biblical Christian, I'm not talking about, again, homosexual marriage. I'll, I, I can, there's a list. I can go into it, but my, my biggest pet peeve with Joel Osteen is he doesn't preach repentance and he preaches a soft gospel. So, again, got a nice car for the level of intellect that he has. Managed to do well for himself. I won't deny that. But um, if you've listened to any of his dad's sermons, his, his dad was a preacher. He wasn't an entertainer. His dad didn't stand up there and tell stories and use the Bible as a prop. He actually preached the gospel, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, hope I've answered your question, whoever that was. Uh, I know. And, uh, look, is he the worst? I, I don't know. There's probably worse, but there's, there's, there's no substance to his theology. And right now, with what's coming, you need to be rooted in the gospel. You need to have foundation. You need to be anchored in the word. You need to have Christ in your heart. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit. You need to have discernment. You need to have wisdom. You need to have perseverance. Not this, this is my Bible. I believe what it says. Well, it says that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will cut, you know, suffer persecution. That's what it says, Joel. How come we then don't preach on that? Because it's not popular. So, I, you know, to each his own. I'm not, I'm not about to start a war with Joel because I don't have a McMansion or a $500,000 car. <laughs> I'm just a guy that does a program out of an office in Watertown, Wisconsin, man. So, you know, uh, as, as the kids like to say, you do you. But there will come a time when the rubber will hit the road, when uh, the good time gospel will be exposed for the fallacy that it is. And when that occurs, my only prayer is that you dig deeper into the true gospel and understand that it wasn't God who lied to you about prosperity and good times. It was people like Joel who lied to you. Because there will be people, and a lot of them I'm presuming, who will look at what is happening and turn their backs on God because they will assume that it's God who lied to them. No, it wasn't. Read his word. Read the book. Read about what's going to take place during the last day. It wasn't God who lied to you. 
So there's that. All right, next question, Gene Bean. Well, here's a, probably um, this is from a guy named a messenger. And again, I do want to urge anyone who has questions, just when you we put the video on YouTube, just put your questions underneath the video of the of the radio show. Michael, I'd love to hear you give an exposition on sanctification and what God requires from his church body. Keep up the good work. We love you. Wow. You're giving me, what, ten minutes to go into Well, you know what? I don't plan on another question because that's a, that's a let's, yeah. Let's, let's just say, let's table that one for next time because that's, that's right. a heady topic, man. You, I, you, can, you can write. Uh, a 6,000 page book as yeah. big as the last omnibus bill on, on what it means to be sanctified but broad strokes simple terms uh, sanctification is achieved when there's none of you and all of him uh, and so this is, this is why sanctification is a process it's, it's, it's a continually continual daily uh, weaning off of yourself and clinging to God. It's, it's being chiseled every day. It's, it's like being an onion and being peeled every day. Uh, and it's not an easy thing because sanctification comes with a price. You read the book and you realize that, that, that men who spoke of sanctification were men who endured, were men who suffered, were men who walked with God uh, not haphazardly, not only when times were good, not only when, uh, you know, they could build a business out of the ministry, uh, but when um, they had to lay down their lives for the cause of Christ, when the only reward they could hope for was beyond this life. So there, there's a lot to, to dig into sanctification. We'll get to it hopefully next week. Uh, but, yeah, you've got... Ten more minutes, Gino, to wow me with another deep, deep question. Okay. Um, with the presidential election, obviously Christians vote, and and I'm sure many also voted for Biden and company and Northam, the governor in Virginia, who is okay with uh, not only abortion but infanticide. The question is... What kind of, uh, when people vote for people like that, thinking, uh, are, are they supporting the mandates of that politician, for instance, abortion and things like that? And, and then, as you said earlier with Beth Moore and others, are they enabling that platform? Yes, 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 yes. When you vote for a man whose policy uh, is the murder of babies, you are inadvertently supporting the murder of babies. Look, I, I, I've, I've thought about this, and I've heard stories about this. Uh, back when, when Hitler came to power, there were some Jews who would lobby for him and go, ah, he's not that bad. Now, some of those same individuals ended up in places like Dachau and Auschwitz because you know, it, they, they weren't, they, they supported the idea before they realized what it would metastasize into. They weren't like George Soros who was sold out and betrayed his own people and got rich off of it. No, these were people who, 
who thought they were doing okay because, well, you know, you get along and go along. Now, when the Liberation Army came in 43, uh, and, and, and they liberated uh, Auschwitz and, and Dachau, uh, there are stories of Jews in holding facilities that actually beat other Jews to death because they were the Jews that had aligned themselves with the Nazis before they understood what the Nazis were. So what's, what's my point? Beat people to death? No. My point is this. You have to have a moral foundation, and you cannot be swayed from your moral foundation by a D or an R or because somebody promised you a little extra money. First thing, if you have to be a single-issue voter, protecting the unborn must be that single issue. So I don't... Look, but this is modern Christianity, isn't it? There's, there's no good or evil. There's no sin or righteousness. Just do you. Live your truth. So, yes, I believe that there will be Christians, I'm, again, the air quotes, uh, that will have to answer before God for facilitating the murder of the unborn. I believe there will be so-called Christians that will have to answer before God for facilitating the destruction of the family, the... You, you see, if you're not seeing it, then you're blind. I'm sorry. If you're not seeing it, then you're blind. But eventually it will become so vivid and the reality of what is happening will become so undeniable that you'll have to see it. All right. I, I, uh, I, I don't want to get angry. It's not a beautiful <laughs> Thursday. It's... <laughs> cloudy and it's foggy and this morning was very humid and and I'm like one of those old people when it's humid my joint ache so I don't I don't want to get bummed out look there right now the only advice I have is to steal yourself prepare yourself brace yourself if you've ever been in an accident and you see the person the last second. You know how you, you, you hang on to the steering wheel and you, you, you push yourself into the seat as much as you can to try to absorb as much of the impact? That's what you should be doing. Uh, I, 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 and I know I'm, I'm going to get the email. Well, we should be praying for Mr. Robinette Biden. Mm, do it if you want. Uh, I'm I'm praying for justice. I'm praying for God to judge rightly. Amen. Because anyone that supports abortion up to and until the time of birth and insists that the taxpayer pay for it, 
um, is not someone I'm going to go before the Father about and go, Lord, help him succeed. Why, why would I pray someone with those intentions succeed? But that's just where I am. I, maybe you're more righteous than I. I, I. I am but a humble man. I could be wrong. I always allow for that, but no. Uh, again, we're, we're in for a rough ride. Um, and if you're not prepared for it, and if you're not steeled, and the expectation of your future is cotton candy and unicorns, it's going to blindside you. And when it does, it'll hurt. So with that, I will end it here. Thank you for joining us. May God bless you. May God keep you. We will be with you again next week, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Uh, but until then, uh, Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. All right. Thank you, Mike. Uh, yes, we will uh, continue next week. And uh, for Kathy Amante, she asked a question. I pretty much can answer this one uh, for this week. Um, about baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of fire, and baptism of suffering. Uh, basically, Kathy, if you go on handyhelp.com, I would urge you to get the book, The Holy Spirit, Power and Presence of the Holy Spirit, a uh, book that Michael wrote. It has a lot of teaching in it, biblical teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that, that would be a great place, I think, to start. And uh, also, we want to let folks know again, please... Uh, we're happy to take these questions because people are right now at a time where they're asking them, especially on our YouTube channel. And um, again, go ahead and post that on YouTube by the radio show that we do, and then I will get those questions. Um, we want to thank you for listening to the Light of Truth broadcast, and uh, we pray you have a great day in the Lord, and uh, uh just let your friends know about our broadcast as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com. Or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.